Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz. We are all back together again after last week's live broadcast from the Quickishan Club in Fall River. And I got to say, the evidence is coming in fast and furious from our friends at Dart and Wailing City Ghosts. I've, I've been getting emails from uh, both Eric and Luann all week long with EVP clips uh, attached. I actually caught one myself too matt i don't know if uh if you've had a chance to hear some of the other stuff uh, i know that you mentioned yes. to me that you heard the, sc- the screen that i had captured yes but i also heard luann's stuff yes and and it seems like we're getting some pretty good stuff there uh very interesting I, I i was quite surprised to get the reactions that we did on tape i don't know if you've uh, had a chance to talk with andrew lake or, or mike markowitz at all about what they might have captured i know mike was getting stuff live as as we were as we were there I talked with Andrew. He hasn't had a chance to go over much of his stuff yet because he's in the middle of redoing his kitchen. Uh-huh. So his house is kind of in shambles at the moment. But uh, as we as we have that evidence uh, filter in, uh, we'll be preparing to have a, a big reveal show. Uh, we plan on going back and presenting it to Dan, too, and uh, letting him find out what we have. But, uh, again, we can't stress enough. I mean, if 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 you want to join the Quickishan Club, it's affordable. Uh, we, we highly recommend it. Moniz and I are going to be there pretty frequently, uh, just hanging out, <laughs> playing Great pool, food. bowling. Yeah, Pizza was amazing. And, and after we went off the air, Dan said, if you like the pizza, you got to come back and try the prime rib. Ooh. And I love prime rib, so I will definitely be doing that. All right, well, uh, we've got a lot to do tonight here on the program. We've got two full hours of spooky goodness for you. Uh, we're actually going to be talking to a, a psychic medium, which is, of course, most people's favorite episodes of the show because they get to call in and, and have a free live psychic reading, which we will do in hour number two of the program. But for us, it's also one of those shows where it's like, oh, man, we're we're worn out. Let's get a psychic medium in so that we don't have to do that much talking this week. And being Labor Day weekend, we're kind of taking a little holiday for ourselves. And we have uh, Erica Busarhaney, who's going to be joining us in a few minutes. And she refers to herself as, well, she's been called by others as the Oprah of the Paranormal. And when you look at her, uh, just just her roster of different classes that she teaches, I'm excited about where we can take the discussion with her. And then, of course, we will take your calls later on in hour number two. We also have some Interesting UFO news coming up later on in the week in Weird. Uh, there's a, a very famous case that's supposedly been debunked over in England. <laughs> and Moniz, of course, is chuckling at that. But we will get into that also in hour number two because uh, it's – for anybody that's listened to the show, especially the show that we did on this particular case, you're just going to laugh at the explanation that's being given. So, And if you'd like to join us any time during the program, again, let's save the live readings for the second hour. But if you have any questions and you'd like to call in – 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Those are the numbers. You can also email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. 
And if you need any of that information, you can easily just go to uh, SpookySouthCoast.com, and that's your internet home for all the other stuff. Looks like they might have gotten rid of that Wareham number. <laughs> all right. We didn't get the memo. How about this? 508-996-0500 or toll-free 1-877-996-1420. 1-877-996-1420. For all you people out there that are listening on the Internet from wherever you might be and you've been asking us, saying, hey, how can it be a toll-free call? And what do I always say? I say, get a cell phone. Then it doesn't cost anything extra anyway. But now it is a toll-free call no matter where you are. 1-877-996-1420. And that's great news because you're going to be able to call in later on and get a psychic reading, and it's going to be toll-free. So it can't be it can't be any more free than that. The only thing it's costing you now is the electricity that you're using to be able to get this program to you in whatever way it is. So that's exciting. And before we get going with the discussion, I just want to make everybody aware of one thing. And uh, we had kind of promised to help promote this, and we've been a little bit lacking with all the different shows that we've done and the busy busyness that we've had around here. And Moniz has been in and out of the studio and just all kinds of things going on. But Superheroes Anonymous is holding their event in the city of New Bedford tomorrow. We talked about this when we had Civitron and Mr. Basilisk on the show a few weeks ago. And it's actually happening tomorrow at the Bristol Building in downtown New Bedford. Sunday, September 6th, that's tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m. The event will feature a cape and mask craft for kids, a meet and greet with real-life superheroes from all over the country, a martial arts demonstration by Dark Guardian from New York, and a silent auction. So if you've got you know some time tomorrow and you want to get down to the Bristol building from 1 to 2, you can take part in this event with the real-life superheroes. And again, for those who might have missed that episode of the show, we're talking about real-life superheroes, people who dress up in costumes, they have personas, they go out on patrol, they fight crime, they do positive work within the community, they do a number of things. And right now, New Bedford is holding the annual Superheroes Anonymous convention, where superheroes from all over the country are now converging upon the city of New Bedford. And so we're very excited about the the possibility of, of having, you know, the next great legion of superheroes right here in, in what they refer to as a secret city. So, All right, well, we've got a call here, so let's take that real quick before we get into the discussion with Erica. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hey, Tim, it's Craig. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. I won't keep you but just a minute, but I wanted to throw something out if I can. Absolutely. Uh, Tuesday, uh, this coming Tuesday, we're going to be interviewing Ron Dice. Of uh, He's a, a Gullah historian. Okay. And I wanted to throw out something to your listeners to see if I can get some feedback in, because I did ask him when I talked to him briefly last week uh, about the uh, migration or the imprisonment of the Native Americans from that area mm-hmm. coming south uh, when they were actually shipped out from the northeast. And I'm going to try to work some of that in because you guys have been so good about preserving the history of the area up there and really taking a look at this. So I was trying to get an idea. If someone can email me uh, any questions that may be pertinent uh, to Craig Anderson at OurHistoryProject.com, we'll try to work it in and get some information. Excellent. All right, so there you go. The the challenge is out there. If you have a question uh, for that subject matter, then definitely email Craig. Again, Craig Anderson at OurHistoryProject.com. Absolutely. All right. Tim, thanks. Y'all do a great, great job, man. Thank thanks. you. All right. Bye. Bye. And that's Craig, who, of course, is is also the person who runs the Spooky South Coast Blogspot site, where even though we're getting the shows up a lot faster, he still beats us. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we thank him for that, because we, we always frequently need his help. All right, well, 
we are going to uh, get right now into the discussion with uh, Erica Busserhaney, and she is an international psychic medium. Uh, she's known as the Oprah of the Paranormal, and she comes from a family of female psychics. Her early experiences with the paranormal frightened her. We'll find out more about that. But while in college, she began developing her intuition, and uh, now she has been uh, reading tarot and channeling professionally since 2004 in New Age stores, psychic festivals, and on TV. And uh, she is also studying psychic development and mediumship through the Astrological Institute of Integrated Studies, where John Edward received training in psychic development, tarot, and numerology. So uh, we'll find out about all the different things she does. You also might have heard her on Whispers from the Heart uh, Internet Radio as well. And uh, she just released her new children's book, Sam and the Boogeyman. So here she is, Erica Busarhini. How are you, Erica? Hello. Thanks for joining us tonight, especially on short notice. Oh, no problem. I love to be of service. Well, we, we love the ability to talk to psychics who have what I like to say more to offer than just, you know, doing a reading, to actually have theories, to actually have, uh, you know, information to share about psychic abilities. So many of them will try to get off with just this, well, I have this talent and I've had it my whole life and I can't really explain it. I just can do it. So have your callers call. <laughs> and <laughs> to yeah. Me, yeah, to me, that's uh, that's not really furthering the idea of selling people on the idea that you have these abilities. Most definitely. I think that, you know, it also kind of hinders people because I think that we're all born intuitive just as we all can sing. It's just not all of us are great singers and not all of us are very in touch with our intuition. So I like to be a vessel to help people learn to do those mind exercises to help them increase their psychic uh, energy. It's interesting because I recently had a discussion with somebody who's not a, 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 a not that he's a disbeliever in, in psychic abilities, but he's just not uh, seen enough to convince him. And and the thing that he kept doing was he kept referring to it as psychic powers. And I said, no, 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 we're not talking about the X Men here. You know, we're talking about somebody that actually has uh, what you've just referred to as, and, and Tiffany Johnson has said in the program before, it's a, a muscle. It's an ability that you have to exercise and develop and, and build. Most definitely. A lot of people don't understand that, you know, we all are sensitive. We all have the, the five senses that we, you know, or we use readily, our, our hearing, our sight, our touch, our smell, and, and various other things. It's just psychic to me is I've coined the word supersizing the senses. It's to learn to really slow down, almost like someone who would be blind or deaf, to supersize those senses. And in that process, um, we learn to exercise those muscles and, and receive more data and more input, things that you know, maybe you would dismiss. I've trained my body to listen closely to. And that's all I think psychic is to me. And it says in your in your bio that you come from a family of female psychics. Uh, so is this something that you kind of knew that you might possibly develop at a young age, or did it kind of hit you by surprise? Yeah, it's something that, you know, we, we have the ghost stories in the family of, you know, my aunt and various other uncles seeing things, um, you know, seeing my, my grandfather's brother and other family members as apparitions. So I had grown into a family that talked about those things, but I was always afraid of it. Um, you know, I had my own experiences, and I was more of an empathic child. And I think after I watched The Exorcist, whatever psychic was, whatever that kind of stuff was and, and that I had, you know, raised in a family knowing about it, I wanted no part of it. 
that was that was it. I, I kind of felt the same way when I watched that movie too. I was uh, probably I was in college before I saw it for the first time, actually. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it, uh, it it kind of had the same effect on me because, like yourself, I come from a family that I think seems to have some sort of uh, gifts, some sort of you know, a tuning in to something and they haven't really learned to develop it or exercise it, but they seem to have it. And man, I, I figured if that's the kind of thing that they could be tapping into, then I, I wouldn't want any part of it either. Yes, exactly. Who wants to be possessed? You know, it, it's such a fine line and we're taught, you know, in the society that anything abnormal is evil. There is usually really no, no gray. It's always has been a black and white. I know growing up in, in the South where I live, so we didn't want to be out of, you know, the parameters of society because then, then people would think you were crazy or strange or different. Well, but to, to a sense, you, I mean, you are going to be different when you do learn to develop these powers because – powers, I use the word. I'm sorry, abilities because, uh, you know, you're tapping into something that most people might have an, an, an inkling of, but they haven't learned to develop it. So therefore, as we know, anything unknown is, is scary to people. Um, the first time that you actually made that type of connection that you show this ability, what, what was that like? Well, I can, I can look back in childhood with different circumstances, you know, being the child that everybody talked to, being the child that, you know, I had a little girl, I've talked about this experience on the bus telling me that she wanted to kill herself and, you know, reporting that. And, you know, there were just a lots of incidents is that, you know, seem coincidental now that I look at it, but it really wasn't. Now, I was always the child that went up to the loner kid that, you know, just felt like somebody needed to be his friend, and I could feel other people's pain and suffering. And I noticed that as a child, I never wanted to go in hospitals. You know, if somebody got sick or if I was sick, oh, gosh, the last thing I wanted to do was go to a hospital or a funeral. And, you know, my mother just thought it was kind of freaky that, you know, my child, even though somebody close to her is dying, she doesn't want to go to the hospital or, she, you know, she didn't want to go to the hospital or to their funeral. And now that I realize that when I go to hospitals and funerals, I'm overwhelmed with all of, sometimes all this energy. But as a child, I didn't understand it. But my first brush, I would say, with let's say, the paranormal where it was dead in my face was um, my mom worked in dentistry and a doctor, her doctor that she worked under, died. And I could vividly see him sitting on my bed talking to me after he had died, after I had gone to his funeral. And it freaked me out. It wasn't something that I really wanted to talk about. It's just something that I kind of dismissed. You know, okay, I see this man talking to me, but I'm not going to tell my mom because she's going to think I'm a nut. <laughs> you know, so it was just something that I held on for a long, long time. And as I started, you know, in college, I had other paranormal experiences happen to me. But everything that I could remember just came back, you know, like the floodgates opened when I opened up. And, you know, this incident came out and this incident, and it all kind of, the pieces kind of fit together. And I kind of accepted it. So it's a matter of when you have accepted it, it, the ability comes to light and it's and it's there, but then you have to be able to hone it for what reason? To be able to kind of get into specific things for people, to find specific, uh, specific uh, subject matters that you can look into for someone? Or is it a matter of just 
like you know, is it a matter of uh, like playing an instrument where you know you can make the sound, but now you've got to learn to make the music with it? I think people have callings. You know, like you you ask a preacher why why is a preacher a preacher? Because God called me. When I was in college, I was I was obsessed with unsolved mysteries. Any kind of cop show that was on, I had to watch it. And what I found is when I would watch Unsolved Mysteries, I would have lucid dreaming is what we call it now. At the time, I didn't understand it, but I would go into a semi-trance and start seeing things. And I thought that, you know, though I majored in psychology, though, you know, I want to work with people on the mental level, there's some reason that all of these things are happening to me and all of these visions that I'm seeing about these murdered people and missing people, there's a reason for it. So I had convinced myself that I was going to be, you know, a psychic detective, a cold case psychic, whatever it was that, you know, these gifts were for, they were for that and that only. So that's all I focused on. For a long time, I, I, you know, would uh, allow people to allow me to help them with different cases. And I found that my accuracy um, was crazy. You know, it was just unbelievable. And it was scary at times. Well, I, I know that you can't obviously give specific examples and you can't discuss specific cases, but uh, what, what's the process for you uh, involved in helping with some of these cold cases? Well, usually what I would do in the past, and I no longer work on them because they're, they're emotionally and physically draining, um, and I find that the energy seems to lack or lack, you know, it, it's almost that energy stays with you. It, it doesn't, it's not like a reading where you can read somebody and let their stuff go. That energy stays with you because, you know, I'm a mother and, you know, of course, you kind of get where you want to help and you want to help and you want to help, but you don't know when, when to draw the line. So um, to answer your question, though, the process was I would sit with either an item of clothing um, using what we call psychometry and either hold the item of clothing, the watch or the ring, or um, the picture of the person who had passed. And I would allow myself to go into a semi-hypnotic uh, state of mind, let's just say. And I would start to see things. And I would tape what I would see verbally. Um, and I would hear things. And it, I, just anything that I got from all of the senses that I had, if I felt like this person was shot, then I would say I feel a shot wound. You know, whatever sensations I would feel, I would record them. And then after I recorded them, I would give the tape to whoever my contact was. And a lot of times I would transcribe it into email and also forward it. So if the tape got lost, at least they would get the, the, the transcribed version of what I got. But that's pretty much how I would do it. And this would be something that the families would contact you for? Or did you work with any law enforcement uh, organizations? Mark Schmeister here in Pensacola, Florida, of Excamia County uh, Sheriff Department, was my contact here locally for the cases. Um, he would refer families to me, and still does, and they would usually initially start the interaction process. And, and, and they would act on the information that you provided? Yes. Excellent. It, it, we're, we're finding more and more that even if they're not, you know, not advertising it necessarily, not, you know, saying to the media maybe that it's part of a, a murder investigation. There is a lot of times when they're utilizing this as just another tool to, to try and, and conduct an investigation. And sooner or later, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see them start to give credit to the, to the mediums that help them break cases. But, uh, for now, at least you know, there's, there's more organizations that are willing to use that to go that route, especially it seems when they hit a wall. 
Yeah, and I, I, I honestly believe, you know, I, I believe that all cops have a blue sense. They they usually have that psychic or innate ability when they become cops because it takes a person, a certain person to be a cop, and it takes a certain person to be a nurse, and it takes a certain person to be a teacher. And I think that they have it. You know, they call it the blue sense. Um, but I think these cops solve crimes. Um, you know, all of the task force, whether it be a psychic, whether it be the forensic unit, whether it be, you know, the investigators that are on foot each day, um, whether it be the legal system, all of that goes into play to solve a crime. Psychics don't solve crimes, but they can be resourceful tools to help with the overall picture, especially when they run out of all other leads. Absolutely. And, you know, you work too in the, in the psychology field. Uh, and as you said, you studied psychology in college. And while you were studying that, you had started to develop your intuition, right? Yes. And so was that something that you made known to maybe professors or other students uh, in that discipline? And, and what were their thoughts, if so, about you kind of running parapsychology alongside regular psychology? You know, I never actually crossed the two. I did my own internal research because, you know, obviously when you're going into these lucid trips, <laughs> you know, and you know you're not doing any kind of, you know, stuff to make you get it, um, you kind of question, well, is what I'm reading in these books happening to me? You know, you know schizophrenia, you know um, hallucinations, you, you know, so you kind of, you know, I kind of analyzed myself, you know, I know I'm not nuts, I know I'm not nuts, so what's going on? So I never really involved them. It's funny now that when I look back, a lot of the professors that I really thought were new age, they were into meditation. They were into transpersonal psychology. They were into all of these Western and Eastern philosophies that, you know, mainstream people didn't believe in. So those are the professors that now that I look back on, they were experiencing all these things as well because, you know, I had one professor, Dr. Michaelis, that talked about uh, meditation, that talked about astral travel and all of these other things and chakras. And when I look at now, you know, he probably could have been very monumental in my life to explain a lot of things that were happening, but at the time I didn't want to talk about it. There's a friend of mine who is a psychologist that, that I know pretty well, and and for a while he was doing, <clears throat> excuse me, online psychology. You know how you can go to those websites and you you can uh, you know have a, a psychologist re, you know do a discussion with you and uh, you pay a couple of dollars, whatever it is per hour. Uh huh. Like skill who. Yeah, and you do it right online. But it, also on the same site he was working on, there was a number of psychics too, and he was noticing a lot of cross between. You know, the, the, the way psychics do their job on the internet and the way psychologists do their job on the internet, where it, there seems to be a lot of crossing over of that. And, and do you find that that's the case out there in the real world as well, that a lot of times a medium and a psychologist are kind of approaching things from the same point of view? I think definitely, because, you know, when, when you're talking with the client, whether it's from a psychologist's perspective or through a psychic perspective, you want their best and highest good. I mean, that's what you're really striving for. Whatever information that comes that you utter, it's for their highest good to help them in this path of life that we walk. So I think a lot of, you know, what we get psychically is not from us. But, yes, I do pull from mother, you know, from the mother instinct that I have. Yes, I do pull from a friend instinct. Yes, I do pull from the psychological instinct. You know, if you've got a girl that's hurting herself, you know, I, I don't have to say, okay, let me see what the spirits say. Look, 
stop hurting yourself. You know, so there are times that I walk both lines. Well, actually, all of the lines, being a mother, you know, having the psychological background and also being intuitive. All of those lines I walk. And, and sometimes they do cross. And I think that makes a better psychic when a, when a person can look at you from all those perspectives. Well, some people might say, though, that if a, a psychic has psychology training, that they can use what they've learned in the psychology field in almost like in a manipulative manner to, to portray themselves as a psychic. But from what I know of, of a psychic and what I know of psychology, I think that having a psychology background will only help make you a stronger psychic uh, because you, you're, you know the brain better and you know the way that it works better than uh, maybe the common person will. So you kind of can understand where some of these abilities come from and, and the fact that they can exist. Most definitely. I mean, when you look at meditation and the importance of meditation, you know, meditation puts you in that state of mind mainly because you're slowing down your breath and you're getting more oxygen to the brain. So it, it's not, a, I mean, it's not an uncommon knowledge of that, but because I have studied the psychological part of the brain, I can explain what benefits, met, you know, meditation and other psychic, let's say, uh, psychic things that people do, um, how they help the body. So, yes, I think having the psychological background, um, you definitely have a better advantage. And another thing, you know, when people come to me, because I have people that call me sometimes and they say, okay, I think I'm psychic, I'm hearing voices, and I say, okay, well, what are the voices saying to you? They're saying negative things. Okay, so then I, I kind of go a little bit deeper down, and I can, I can analyze whether or not this person is psychotic or if they're psychic. There is a difference. So I think that helps. <laughs> well, we are talking with uh, Erica Busahaney. Her website is coldcasepsychic.com. If you want to check out her site and arrange for a reading with her through through that uh, through that medium, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is the, uh, the Astrological Institute of Integrated Studies. I mean, when you go to, uh, I'm assuming, a... a what we'll call a mainstream college and study psychology and then now later on you're going to go to the Astrological Institute of Integrated Studies. But what's the difference uh, in, in their approach to, to teaching psychic abilities and mediumship? Well, I found that um, when I wanted to learn about honing the psychic ability that I felt I had, I went to the top. You know, to me, if you want to learn something you get the best mentors. Um, not to say that the lower can't help you, but I went to the top, and to me at that time, the Astrological Institute was the top. Sandy Anastasia and John Mertz had set up a system either uh, where you could go to the school or do correspondence, and the system worked for me. I took the Psychic Development 1, the Psychic Development 2, the Spirit Communication, um, and, and that course to me was one of the most thorough courses I've ever taken, and I've taken several courses just to see how different teachers teach. But to me, that was the most thorough course because they broke down what psychic is, what psychic isn't, what exercises you can utilize, what divination tools are out there, how you protect yourself, um, how to give a reading, the ethics. I mean, they broke down everything for you, and it was very concise. And I enjoyed that and, and appreciated the effort and uh, such detail in that program. 
it, it seems to me that there's probably many courses out there and, and many different, you know, psychic institutes and, and, and different workshops and different online things you can do where they teach you theory. But how do they teach you practice? Well, different from some of those is uh, Sandy Anastasi's course was hands-on. So, you know, you may have done uh, sending and receiving exercises. Um, they talked about ESP. They talked about what ESP was, how to send and receive. But it wasn't just talking about it in a book. It was hands-on. There were exercises that you did. You know, there were hidden envelopes that you had to, you know, um, try to remote view and figure out what was in those things. So it was, it was, you know, just a lot of different trainings and exercises where you had to go through a lot of hoops to get, <laughs> get, you know, either your certification or, or even to complete the courses. So that's what I found to be a little different from just reading a book and listening to a theory. You know, theories are good on page, but you have to take them all off the page and actually put them to effect to see if they work or if they're true. See, I always thought a good student in a psychic school would be the person that puts all the answers for the final exam down on their midterm. <laughs> Probably so. All right, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll talk more with our guest, Erica Busahaney. If you have some questions regarding psychic abilities and regarding developing your psychic abilities, give us a call, 508-996-0500, or toll-free, 1-877-996-1420. And, of course, coming up in the second hour, we'll have your opportunity to get a free live reading right here on the air. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSF into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. That is a Concerto de Spooky by Johann Sebastian Bach. And he recorded that just for us. What is that, do you know? Um, I'm not sure. All right. You just yeah. you just know that if it's uh, if it's classical, then that means <laughs> it's uh it's free to use. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to the Spooky South Coast, where we talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night. And uh, if you would like to call in and join in the discussion, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420 for a toll-free call. You can also email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com, which, of course, is the website to find out everything about the show, including past archives. We have each and every episode we've ever done posted up there for you to listen in. I was kind of going through some of the old shows earlier this week, just for fun. And I went back to the Heidi Hollis episode. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh. Aside from the discussion matter, which I know, Moniz, that you you know you had some issues with. But uh, I also remember that uh, apparently I had, like, no voice at all that night. <laughs> <laughs> and I sound like Froggy from uh, The Little Rascals trying to, trying to host a radio show. So, But, you know, it's fun. You can go back there, listen to some of the old shows, listen to some of our favorite guests and their first appearances. And it's good to go back once in a while and kind of remember our roots as we approach uh, anniversary number four coming up here in January. Well, we'll be in the fifth year, but it's yeah, our fourth anniversary. Uh, also, uh, if you would like to find out everything about the show during the course of the week, join the Twitter feed, twitter.com slash spookysc. That's the place to go uh, to get the little updates and get them right on your phone and everything so we can tell you exactly what's happening as soon as we know it. Sometimes we don't know until we get here, but we'll make sure that you know when we know. 
All right, let's get back into the discussion with our guest, Erica Busahani. And we have a phone uh, phone call on the line, too, so let's go to the phones as well. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. Do you have a question for Erica? Uh, yes. Uh, hi, Erica. Hello. Um, I'm just curious as to uh, what path I should be on right now. What's your first name? Sonia. Sonia. <clears throat> okay, Sonia, the first thing I get with you is I get that there is uh, energy of staying at home, okay? Um, and the direction right now seems to be split because there is a feeling of you choosing between yourself and what you want to do and the obligations of a family. I don't really get a career path for you, so I, I can't answer a question about, you know, saying you ought to go to do this or do that as far as a career path. I get more of, you know, needing to center yourself more spiritually because there are medical issues that are surrounding you. I feel to do with your chest, you know, if this were a smoking issue or something like that or something residual from before where you really have kind of lost uh, a focus on taking care of your health. So where I would say direction would be to focus on your health um, and cutting some emotional ties with family and making a choice to take care of yourself and what's better for you and not to worry so much with them. Also get a sense of traveling soon for you. This isn't a move. This just feels like traveling to go see either a sister-in-law or a sister or something, but that feels like that comes up too. All right. How, how does that sound, Sonia? Um, that sounds pretty right on. I've actually I've met Erica before in Atlanta, and I had a reading from you once before. And um, um, so I, I'm I'm a nurse, and uh, right now I'm not working due to health issues. So okay. Well, you must have got my MySpace bulletin. <laughs> I did. Okay. I did. Well, <laughs> nice talking with you. Yeah. You take care. Um, will you be going to Scarefest by any chance? Yes, I will definitely be there. Oh, hopefully I'll see you there. But, um, yeah, your reading was right on, and I just kind of wanted to make sure that I was kind of doing what I needed to be doing by focusing on my health right now. And, yes, ma'am. Uh, All right, well, thank you for tuning in, and, and hopefully, uh, thank you very hopefully much. you'll be you a fan of the show. Great right. weekend. You too. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Yeah, why don't we give a quick rundown of some of the events that you have coming up, Erica. Uh as, as uh, mentioned by the caller, you'll be at Scarefest Horror and Paranormal Convention in Lexington, Kentucky, September yes. 11th, 12th, to the 13th. Yes, and I'll be at Haunted Con, September 24th, 25th, and 26th. Uh, I'll be at, uh, let's see, Augustone, Par- or actually it's St. Augustine, but they're saying it's St. Augustone or whatever, um, Paranormal, and that's going to be October the 2 through the 4th. And then extreme, for those extreme paranormal people on the 16th, 17th, and 18th. So, I mean, you, you work prim- primarily out of the South, as you said. I mean, is there is there um, regular places, like, where you give readings? Is there a place where, you know, you're you're available maybe a couple times a week somewhere? or? Sure. You can book an appointment in person at the Mystic Cottage at themysticcottage.net. It's a metaphysical store in Pensacola. Um, and I read in person there. Um, I do phone readings all across the world um, through my website, coldcasepsychic.com. So if anybody would like to book a reading, that's the way to go. And, of course, we'll be taking some calls again in the second hour uh, where we can get more in, into some of these 
readings for us you know i said at the beginning of the show that you know it, the joke around here is when we have a psychic it's we get to take the night off because the calls come all night long the phone lines light up and all we have to do is say you're on with erica go ahead <laughs> all we have to do is push the button but um in, in actuality i mean for us it's fascinating to kind of sit back and listen and hear the thing the information that you're giving because it's it tells a lot about what a person is as a psychic and how they've developed that skill when you hear the information that they're giving, how quickly they come up with something, uh, and and what direction it goes in. And sometimes you get people who will pause for dramatic flair. Sometimes you get people who it doesn't really come to them right away, and they've got to wait a minute. And it's just it's fascinating from our end to watch people work in that regard. When you're giving somebody a reading, do you find that the information kind of hits you right away, or sometimes you have to actually go fishing and and see when you can actually make some sort of connection with somebody? Well, what I usually do with my clients is I tell them to zip it. I don't want to hear them say anything. Um, and, and primarily the reason why I do that is because and most of the people that ever have ever gotten a reading from me will have me tell them, do not say anything at all. Just be quiet. Let me just give you what I get. Um, and I do that because I know they're skeptics, and I'm a skeptic. I'm probably the biggest skeptic you'll ever find. And it's because I've trained myself to not really need that interaction, not to need those verbal cues or feedback that some other people will need, the am I making sense to you, that kind of stuff. I don't like it. You know, I just give them what I get, and I've trained myself to do that for the skeptic in me. But I find that if information is to be given, it flows very quickly and very freely. If information is not there to be given, then I have to walk away and say, I can't help you because where I think psychics get into trouble is when they get this big name, like say they're, you know, you know, whatever, say they're a big name <laughs> and they don't get anything, they start to elaborate on stuff that's full, you know, and, and that's where I think ego has to be scrunched. I have in order never seen the highest good of the client. I have never seen that happen, Erica, ever with a psychic, especially when I'm watching Sylvia Brown on TV. I've never seen her kind of just talking off the top. All right, let's face it. She's like the biggest commander. I know you don't want to talk about a colleague, but, you know, we have no issue uh, kind of calling her out on that. But that is like the prime example of what you're talking about, to kind of just be making connections and kind of seeing what sticks. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to any of the downloads and even probably some of my clients, because I sent out a bulletin on my face, they'll tell you. If I don't get anything, I said, look, I'm really not getting anything for you. I'm sorry, but, you know, I've done all that I can do, and that's it. Move on. Next. <laughs> well, and that it, happens. It, a lot of times, too, when you're a psychic and you're kind of using this as – when we'll, we'll say when uh, – when you have an ability like this and you're able to use it as a way to earn some income, we'll put it that way. I'm not saying when you're a psychic for hire, but what I mean is when you have this ability and you want to use it as in a profitable manner, sometimes the pressure is on when the phone rings and there's a reading coming that you have to deliver. And very few psychics will actually step away and say, I'm sorry, I'm not getting anything. You know, have a good day. You know, they, they, they will keep them on. They'll try and come up with something because they book somebody for an hour reading and they feel like they have to give them something. So and, and I would agree with you. And I, I would also step it a, a notch further is that I'm very careful with my clients. I mean, I have clients, like I said, all over, but I'm very careful with my clients. I don't believe that, you know, we should be addicted to or a psychic junkie. Let's just say that. 
So if I've read for you, I, I shouldn't have to give you any other additional insight for a while because if if what I w- received was in your highest good and for you, then you should take that knowledge and do something with it. And people that call weekly, you know, I need to talk to you, I need to get my fix, I, I'm not the psychic for them because I, I, I don't read them. And what I find is that, you know, yeah, there will be times that you won't get anything. And if you have to give them a refund because you don't get anything, then that's what you do. Because a lot of times when I've had those cases, it's because there are those people that want me to be their personal psychic pimp, and I'm just not that girl. So, I'll, you know, I'll give them a reading, and like a week later, same, I mean, it's nothing has changed. They want a reading again. It's more of a psychological thing, and, and I'm not a, a psychological it's, counselor. It's, a, it's that, almost an addiction that. for them. And it's, it's, it gets to the point where they don't want to make any decision without consulting you first because it kind of takes away the burden of responsibility for the choices that they make. They can say, well, I just was doing what my psychic told me. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm not that psychic for them. So that, those people don't find me. I find the people who really, really, really and truly – need help, and I, I enable them to help themselves. And I think that's the whole, you know, I, I'm, I'm a broken wing fixer, but I prefer to show you how to fly than me continue to bandage the wing. There you go. That's a perfect analogy. All right, we have another call on the line. We are coming up against the news break in about seven minutes, but let's uh, go to the phones here. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Erica Busahaney. How, how are you doing? Hi, Tim. How are you? All right. This is Sean in Rosendale. Hey. And, um, enjoying the show, and I and I tune in almost every week, and uh, just wanted to say hi to Erica. And um, hello. She, hi, Erica. How are you? I'm good. I'm just um, I'm sitting here wondering. I'm looking at your picture on the uh, computer, and I'm thinking about my uh, family and, and close friends that have passed to the other side, and I wonder if. If you pick it, if you might pick up something on them, or say your first name for me. Only your first name, please. Spell it. No, just say it. Say your first name. Sean. Sean. Okay. Okay. Sean, I. You know, most people, the first thing they get is a mother or father. I don't get that. Okay. What I do get is a male, and and I'll describe this person to you. Um, he has dark hair, kind of spiky haircut. You know. Uh, thick, you know, almost like what I'd say a Greek person's hair looks like, but it's more straight and curly. Yeah. Um, the face is round. The stomach is kind of chubby like Santa Claus. He's a heavy set person. Um, he feels more connected to a brother energy for you, not a father, not a grandfather. Um, and to me, the way I see the passing is immediately I look at the heart and Specifically, almost like a congested heart failure, something like that, to do with that. Not a common, like, heart attack. Um, also get this funny thing about him pointing to your anatomy, which is I'm going to keep this clean. But um, a lot of times when they show me that, that means either you have just recently had an issue with either prostate or something to do with the urinary issue. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, also feel that there is what I'd say cats present either in the home or in his home, one of the two. Um, and as, as I look outside, because I get a visual of outside, I see what is called a rose arch or some kind of lattice. Any, any of that make any sense for you, Sean? Or? I, I didn't get the last part. 
you, you see some lattice, sort of, like um, like an archway to a garden, like an type archway of thing. or a square lattice. I I just bought one of those today for my <laughs> wife. Okay. Yeah, and and I, the fellow you would describe in there that could have been my father. Uh, he passed away when I was thirteen, and um, I had one really. Um, I, I don't know if you would call it a psychic experience, but I was uh, working driving an oil truck one day. I did it for a long, long time, and I pulled up to this one house, and uh, it was raining very hard. It was windy, and I pulled up, and the house is set way up on the hill, like up a wall, very difficult to pull the hose up there to make the delivery. I just was sitting there and debating whether I should wait for the rain to let up a little bit, and then all of a sudden I felt this something was making me duck inside the truck. My head was bobbing up and down. There was something above my head, and then something told me, move now. And I just took the parking brake off the air brakes. I moved down about 15 feet, and a huge tree fell exactly where I was parked. Wow. And that was some intervention. Y- yes, and I and I don't know, you know, and I, I just, things like that, I mean, I, I, I knew something told me to do it. It was very, very weird, but I... I I was told by another person that that was my father that told me he was a guide of some type, but I, I never thought he was with me because he left me when I was so young. But, um, you know, now in retrospect, it probably what it could have been him. You know, I honestly can't say it was your father. I can't say it was any specific person. But I can say this, if that experience happened to you, and obviously it was a good outcome. Right. It was someone looking out for you. Um, you know, and these, these experiences happen to us all the time. My husband also was a CDL truck driver, and he had an accident um, on a snowy night going, I think, someplace close to Boston, and how his truck just was perfectly placed and stopped was a miracle. Right. And, you know, it's just those circumstances, and his father has also passed, and that's the first thing I said, well, your father intervened. But, you know, it's just sometimes we don't really know how, when, where, and how, but we just appreciate that it did happen. Sometimes we don't even know they're there until they, they help us out that manner. You know, we always say, oh, you know, I wish you were here, and then when something like this happens, it's kind of affirmation that they are. Most definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Sean, for calling in. and Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Erica. And thank thanks for you. listening. Bye-bye. It's one of our very loyal listeners, Sean, and and uh, he's just a, a, a great guy. He always uh, is very interested when we have psychics on the show, so I'm glad he was able to call in and, and speak with you. Well, thank you. It was a wonderful pleasure speaking with him. And, of course, we're having a great time having this discussion with you, but, of course, we are up against the news, so we will have to take a brief break for that. And when we come back, we'll do the Week and Weird really quick. We'll give Erica kind of a break, chance to get a drink, and and uh, prepare herself because in hour number two we're going to open the phone lines up and let you get a free reading. And I, I got somebody here in the studio who came by to visit who I'm going to make make it on the microphone and get herself a reading too. So, But the numbers are 508-996-0500 and the all-new toll-free number. So there's no excuse not to call in. It's not even going to cost you anything. one 996 And, of course, you can also email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And that's the place to go to find the show. And if you get a reading and you don't get a chance to write everything down or remember everything that Erica tells you, we'll have the podcast archive up beginning tomorrow so you'll be able to check it out and re-listen again. So it's actually it's a great tool, too. Not that you know we want to encourage people to kind of uh, 
you know, go back and say to us, like, okay, you told me this and it didn't really happen, but it does give you that, you know, recording to be able to say, hey, here's what I got. So, all right, Erica, thanks, and we'll talk to you in just a bit. And to everybody else, we'll be right back after the news with more here on Spooky South Coast. And, and coming up, we're going to talk about that UFO case. Supposedly it's been solved. We've got the answer. You're not going to believe it. Let's just say burning poop. We're going to go with burning poop. That's what we're going to throw out there is the explanation for all UFOs. We'll be right back on Spooky South Coast. And, and you're happy about that? <laughs> the following takes place between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m. Hold your breath. This is usually the part when people start screaming. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. I can Welcome back to Spooky South Coast, hour number two of the program. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. Yes, two co-hosts named Matt, for those of you who debated that on the Standard Times message board oh so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about that last week, so I thought I'd bring that up. But uh, we are talking about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night. And, of course, last week we were actually out on location in a haunted location, and uh, we were investigating and broadcasting the show from there, and, and things worked out pretty well. I mean, we had to wait for the Red Sox, uh, but things did work out pretty well. So uh, we, we're, we're going to try doing that again more in the future. And Matt, you kind of like probably having the studio to yourself for a while. Probably doesn't oh, yeah. smell nearly as bad without Mo- Moni's yeah. and myself here. I get to lay back and... Not wear pants, yeah. which I know is, you know, yep. how they trained you at CSB to, to run radio shows, yeah. pantsless. It, that was our TV... <laughs> like you don't need to wear them so yep. don't there's a desk yeah exactly well speaking of tv uh we apologize because we could not get spooky tv running tonight uh i don't know what's going on we when we signed on to justin tv it said something about they were working on the video so um because we can't keep going over there and, and messing with it during the course of the show you know we have to actually talk so uh we'll try and get that again up and running next week so in it like i said last week if we tried running it from where we were oh, it, all you would have seen was just like a bunch of people in a room, and not only that, but it would have been eating the internet connection that we were already, like, you know, we were we were very, very uh, nervous about it crapping out on us. But if the way we see it, if we can do it with one bar at Lizzie Borden's, we can do it with two bars anywhere else. So there you go. This is a little inside information for you. <laughs> this is basically just the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to do on the next couple episodes, and just the audience happens to listen in. Well, you're not going to be here next week, Moniz, right? you got about 30 things going on next oh, week. Oh, yeah. So uh, this might be the last time we see you for a while because we're coming up in October. And, and you know how booked God I get knows, doing Yeah, that. you're all over the place then. So we'll enjoy your presence while we have it. And <laughs> we're going to need you for what we're going to be discussing here on okay. The Week in Weird right now. More bad news. 
Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> The Week in Weird. All right. Well, earlier in the program, we mentioned the archives on SpookySouthCoast.com. And if you're unfamiliar with the case that we're about to discuss here in The Week in Weird, I highly suggest you go back and listen to the archive of the show that we did with Peter Robbins, his first appearance. And it was actually one of the earliest episodes of Spooky South Coast, in which we uh, broke down the Rendlesham Forest uh, Bentwaters case from the UK, a UFO sighting that happened back in December of 1980. Now, we played audio that actually happened on that night when when this was seen. It was uh, Colonel Halt, yep. I believe his name, and, and we played the actual audio, and you can hear the description of what was seen. Plus, we talked with Peter, who uh, is the author of the book Left at Eastgate, in which he really gets down into the nitty-gritty of this case. And, of course, Matt Moniz, he did some of the uh, work on the soil samples, and, yes. and, and I'm sure you and Peter have done massive amounts of research on this case in the years since the book was published as well. It's still a continuing case. So the, the fact that, you know, you're very well versed in this and, and we know this case inside and out. So I, I found this story to be just, uh, just made me shake my head. From the Telegraph in the UK, in December of 1980, witnesses claimed to have seen colored and glowing lights coming from close to an RAF base, Rendlesham Forest, near Woodbridge, Suffolk. Servicemen from the airbase who investigated claimed to have seen lights moving through the trees, as well as a bright light from an unidentified object. Some even claimed to have seen a conical metallic object floating above the trees. Police logged the incident as a UFO sighting. Sometimes dubbed Britain's Roswell, it sparked worldwide interest, and for years, researchers, authors, and television producers have tried to get to the bottom of what happened. Now, however, someone has come forward claiming to hold the key to the mystery. Peter Turtle, and I'm not making that name up, T-U-R-T-I-L-L, 66 from Ipswich said the UFO was actually a truck full of burning fertilizer, which he had set alight. He claimed he had been on his way home after collecting a truck he had lent to a friend when it broke down near the USAF Air Base at Rendlesham in December 1980. He said, quote, to my horror, it was loaded with stolen fertilizer, so he towed it off the road into the forest and set, it, and set light to it to destroy evidence of the crime. The truck had an aluminum body, and the fertilizer and metal made some very unusual colored flames which flared among the trees. Some of the airmen from the base thought it was a multicolored cross from outer space, and with the truck tires popping, they were getting a bit edgy. They had guns, and we didn't want to get in their way, so we towed the burning vehicle onto the road. I admit it probably looked spectacular rolling through the forest, but it was hardly a spaceship. His claim was met with immediate scorn by researchers. Brenda Butler, a UFO investigator, said... I don't get what he is saying. There have been so many witnesses who have come forward. He would have to come up with an awful lot of proof to call them liars. Why has he waited 29 years to come forward? So, Matt Moniz, I know that uh, when we talked about this, I know that you got in touch with Peter Robbins. And yes. He's not able to join us tonight because he's busy lecturing. Correct. But you did have a chance to discuss this report with him. I did. I gave him basically the uh, rundown of what this guy's claim is and... Uh, He's of the same opinion as me that this guy's story is fertilizer itself. Yeah. I mean, it just seems to me like when you have a, a United States Army base, uh, Air Force base, I'm sorry, and you have people who are trained. Well, actually, it's two bases. It is an Air Force base. It was a U.S. Air Force base as well as a British RAF base. There were twin so bases. You, there are two bases. And you have, But you have you know, people who, 
I mean, the reports that we have are from the U.S. side. So that's, right. But you do have, you know, people who are very well trained in what the difference is between, you know, something flying and something on the ground. Correct. And something stationary and something moving. Correct. And, you know, basically you're calling them liars. You're, you're dismissing their claims by making the statement. And I, they're... I'm sorry. There's been so much evidence on this case that I cannot believe that this story is even possibly the the reason behind it. I want to know: Did he have three trucks? The reason being is this isn't one incident. This is a successive over three nights. This thing happened over three consecutive nights. One event happened. Guys went out to the field. One climbed aboard the craft and then fell off after the thing started moving. That particular airman went AWOL, and after, you know, uh, but getting ahead of myself there. Then the second night is um, when Pendleston uh, observed the craft. He went up and physically touched it. And then Halt, uh, the, the following night, along with Larry Warren, who saw it from another angle, landing in the field. Now, the guy that originally fell off the craft... After they finally found him, they brought him back to the base a week later, and Larry was there, and uh, the guy couldn't handle it. He put the M16 to his chin and pulled the trigger. Okay, so I don't think a guy's going to blow his head off with an M16 over a burning fertilizer truck. truck. Yeah. Yeah. And, And what bothers me about this, too, is one of the things that makes this case so interesting is the belief that the United States had a, a hidden stash of nuclear weapons. At this base. Allegedly. <laughs> but still, I mean, which would have been a violation of the treaty with Correct. Britain, and they would not have been allowed Correct. to do so. And and that's what makes it interesting. And if that is the case, and there really were nuclear weapons on site, how close do you think they're going to let this guy get to it in a fertilizer they, truck? He wouldn't have gotten it anywhere and then, near the place. if he does, how long is it going to take before somebody's out there with him setting it on fire? Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> they wouldn't have towed it back out to the road. He would have been uh, incarcerated for sure. And I, I think uh, he might still <laughs> he might still not be out today uh, if if that was the case. So, but there you go. Peter Turtle is claiming it was a truck full of fertilizer, and you're saying the story is a truck full of fertilizer. So. Yeah. We will uh, we'll definitely talk with Peter and, and have him come on, and and I'm going to try and see if we can get a hold of this Peter Turtle guy because I'd like to do a show where we put him on the phone with Peter Robbins, maybe with Larry Warren. You know, maybe with Colonel Hawk, get some of these people who are, are still discussing the case to this day and and see what they'd like to do with there's, the opportunity to question him about what he's saying. There are still people on the base that are coming out even 30 years later saying I was partial to information or witness to certain parts of this. So. But this is what happens, though, it, it, especially in the media where somebody comes forward and say, I have the answer to that case. And, you know, no offense to the writer of this story, but he just didn't do enough work. He kind of went with what the guy was saying, which I guess the news factor of it is the fact that the guy is making the claim. It doesn't matter if the claim is legit. The news is that he's making the claim. But uh, to me, it's just it's a non-story because it's going to be so easily dismissed by anybody that knows anything about the case. Right. So, Like I said, if you know anything about the case, it happened over three nights. It's not one event. And it's not like it's a secret anymore. There's been History Channel documentaries about it. There's been Discovery Channel documentaries, and it was discussed on Larry King Live. So it's not like he's talking about some obscure incident to, that only hardcore UFO researchers are familiar with. All these facts are, are pretty well known by anybody that has a passing interest in, in the UFO culture. So there you go. All right. Well, it wasn't exactly weird. It was more angry. But <laughs> and the, the weak and angry just isn't nearly as catchy. If you have a story you'd like to submit for the weak and weird, just go to the forum on SpookySouthCoast.com. 
click on the Week in Weird thread. You can post it there, post a link, post the whole story, whatever it is. And uh, if we use it on the air, we'll send you a bumper sticker. And we've we've had some people that have asked for bumper stickers, and we've still got a few left kicking around. So we'll try to get them out, and then uh, we'll have to order more, I guess. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk more with our guest, psychic medium Erica Busarhaney, the Oprah of the Paranormal. We'll talk with her. You can go to her website, coldcasepsychic.com. And we'll also have free live readings for the remainder of the program all the way until midnight. 508-996-0500. 1-877-996-1420. If you'd like to call in toll-free, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com to reach us via email. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. You know you're on the air now, right? Okay. Usually when you hear bumper music, that's probably a good time not to keep the conversation going. <laughs> For those of you out there listening, though, you would have been fascinated by it. He, he luckily kept the F-bombs uh, <laughs> until right before. <laughs> Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. And, of course, I'm giving crap to Matt Moniz, our science advisor. And we have Matt Costa, the silent assassin, who is coyly turning on the microphones when nobody realizes it. Yep. All right, well, getting back into the discussion with our guest, psychic medium Erica Busahaney. And, Erica, we talked before about you know how you've developed – these abilities and, and how you've learned to use these abilities and of course now it's time to put them to the test which we did a little bit in the first hour with people calling in early but now we're going to open the phone lines up for people to have readings 508-996-0500-1877-996-1420 and some phone lines are open right now so if you want to get through now's the time to do it but uh, we do already have a caller waiting and erica we heard you a little bit uh, in the first hour with your process of giving a reading but as you said you want people to give you as little information as possible. Maybe just a first name, is that? Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> I don't need the date of birth and all that good stuff. That To me, that leads too much to speculation. Um, I connect by the first name. And I heard you describing uh, to Sean, who called in earlier, a, a, a person, a, a, a presence that you felt. That's something that you see, I mean, it physically manifests before you? Uh, no, I well, see it clairvoyantly, mm-hmm. not as an apparition in front of me in the space that I'm in now. Um, I see it almost as if you were to close your eyes, and I would say, imagine a strawberry. And then I would say to you, imagine the strawberry turns purple. Imagine the strawberry turns yellow. There is a part of us that can visualize, um, and that is how a psychic, or most of us, visualize things clairvoyantly. And so that's how it happens for you, and, and and I know that it's different for different psychics, but so when you're talking to somebody, you'll just have that visioning happen, or do you close your eyes and, and try and wait to see if it comes? Most of the times I'll close my eyes and I'll focus on the third eye area directly in between the eyebrows, um, and then snapshots will come. Um, sometimes pictures like video, uh, you know, repetitive video footage will come. Um, but usually it's little small snapshots that come in and out, in and out, um, and as soon as you get them, they disappear. And they're usually different. It's almost a, con- a sequence of different uh, pictures 
that I see. Okay. And just a reminder to everybody, I mean, these are going to be just little brief touches so you can and see what Erica's gift is about. And then, of course, if you want to get a full reading from her, you can go to her website, coldcasepsychic.com. And that's a, a perfect medium, no pun intended, to, to have a reading because you can schedule it and, and make sure that everything's quiet and private and you don't have, you know, thousands of people listening in as you do in this format. So, all right, let's go right to the first call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. With Erica Busahani, how you doing? Hello. Hi, can we Hello. have your first name, please? My name is Beverly. Beverly. Okay, do you have a specific question? No, I just wanted to know, like, like if anybody's around me or, like, and my daughter-in-law's having a baby, I wondered if you knew what it was going to be or... <laughs> well, it looks like you have lots of questions. The first thing I pick up on... Uh, Say your name for me one more time. Beverly. Okay. The first thing I pick up on for you is kind of cute um, because it's a cat, um, which is strange. Um, but the cat is living, not dead. But just I feel like you have cat energy around you. Um, I don't get a female passing. I get more of a male. And this male, to me, um, walked with, let's just say, a walker at some point, uh, the gate. Seems kind of shifting left and right, very thin. Um, the place of death feels to me like a hospice kind of placement. Um, I think there is a smell associated with this individual, whereas if this was a relative, you would smell him periodically. Um, the smell to me seems very sweet like a tobacco, or an, similar to a tobacco splash with Old Spice, that same kind of smell. Okay. Um, as far as the birth with the child that you're talking about, um, I'm getting more of a connection. This is a granddaughter to this individual, okay? However, that seems kind of strange. But, um, you know, sometimes we wish, wish, wish for a boy, but we get a girl. That's well, they already heard. have. A, they already have a boy. Okay. Well, I hear a girl. Okay. We wish, wish, wish for a boy, but it's a 50% shot of being right, Erica. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got to like the odds. Probably the best odds you have in, in being a medium is uh, the boy-girl-baby exactly. question. Exactly. Are the, you know, the coin heads or tails. It's about the same. That, um, and the only other question that you can probably answer with, with those good odds is when somebody says, am I going to die? Because there's <laughs> yeah. a 100% accuracy rate with that answer. All right, well, thank you for calling in. Hopefully that helps a little bit. And Caller, one other thing, I have a question. Um, just recently, while sitting on uh, your bed, which some kind of way the room feels like it has a strange kind of V-arch, almost like I'm in an attic or something, did you have an experience seeing something like walk past or inside of the closet, like walk past the door? No. Pay close attention to that um, when you're in the room. Okay. And notice if you're seeing what we would call shadow figures kind of walk. Okay. In front of the door. It's not something harmful. I think it's just interesting that I see that in the home. Oh, okay. All right. That sounds interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 All right. I mean, and sometimes it's, it's important to note, though, sometimes that uh, – you know, when you're starting to get these representations of people, these images of people, um, what you're seeing is probably not 100% accurate of what the person is. So they've kind of got to make a little bit of an inference about what it is that you're saying, I would assume. 
if you get what I mean, like if you're saying somebody's walking with with you know a walker or walking in some sort of strange manner, I mean, does that necessarily mean that you're definitely seeing a walker, or you're just seeing them walk in a in a strange manner? For this one, I actually saw them walking with a walker. Um, I could see like the the you know white t-shirt with the a little I call them old man underwear, you know, kind of walking. Um, I could see the skin having age spots on it. I could also see the man semi-balding, very thin, gait. Um, and then I saw him, like, in a hospice setting. Same man, different place. Okay. Just, you know, just because... Uh, but, yeah, sometimes... It just it seems like a very specific image, so obviously you're getting a very specific thing pop into your head. It's yeah. not It's not just an abstract of who the person is. You're seeing a very vivid kind of image, though. Yeah, and sometimes it can be very abstract. A lot of times it's really up to the person, to the medium or the psychic, to really try to focus in almost like a magnifying glass Mm -hmm. to a specific area to see if you can get what we call a validation. Because obviously we don't want generalizations. You know, everybody has a grandfather that is old and, you know, died probably in a hospital setting. So it's really important for me to be different from most. All right. Well, we've got plenty of calls lined up here. All right, you are on the air with Erica. How are you doing? Hello. Going once, twice, sold. All right, let's go to the next line then. And if you'd like to call in and, and have a reading and discussion with Erica, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420 for a toll-free call. And good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Erica Busahaney. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, we're spooktacular here. Uh, okay. can, we have, can we have your first name, please? Yes, Florence Buffalo. Okay. Well, it's funny. With you, I get not anybody stepping up from the dead. <laughs> no, I get no more, one? <laughs> I mean, I get more of a different type of reading with you. Um, and, and that's not to say I won't try to see if I can make that connection, but... Um, I get you in front of a computer screen, um, pretty much with a book at hand, and I feel that there is an inner, we'll say, inner writer within yourself. Um, and I get to put the pen on the paper and to start writing. And it may not be something that you want to do, like publish a book or something, but I just feel like there is something, someone telling you to write, write the secrets of your life or write your history, your heritage. There's a there's a story within yourself. So that's what I would tell you first. The the other thing that I get is this seems more so to do with your heritage being passed down. So like if you had a mother who was a certain ethnic race or whatever and she passed down stories, it almost feels like you need to pass down the stories and they need to be written down and transcribed and transferred through the genes, through the through the family. And that's what I get with you. Also, they talk about the stomach area as far as being concerned about that. Um, If you just recently had some kind of stomach ailment, let's just say, um, that that is clear. Um, They make me feel, sometimes this happens with women, like female organs are removed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just get something about you having some issue with that, and that is all clear now. And you, you just needed to know that. Thank you. Health-wise. And nothing from the dead, huh? I can ask again. Um, 
Is there a Stavio in your family? Who? A Stavio? No. A Stavio? I get the word Stavio, and unless that means something to me, that would be a name. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I'm not really getting anybody. But the main thing, the message I get more so was about your internal tummy area, whether there were things removed or not. Um, I kind of get that they were, but they were just letting you know that that was okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, right, thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank God you for calling. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we have another call lined up here. If you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. So let's go to uh, the number four line. Yep, you got it on. Matt knows what he's doing here. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sitting closer to the phone, and yet I still don't know what I'm doing. All right, you're on Spooky South Coast with Erica Bursahani. How are you? Hello? Hello? Hi, can we have your first name, please? Sonata. I'm sorry? Sonata, S-O-N-I-T-A. Okay. Sonata. Hmm. I was okay. calling to find out a little, about, a little bit about your show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I'm a psychic medium, and I'm here to ask or answer questions uh, of things you might want to ask. First thing I get with you is economics. Um, you know, there, there is this transition with jobs um, that I get currently with you. And the feeling that I have is being unemployed, let's just say that. Um, and I feel that work is very necessary for you, and um, there is going to be a transition for you, and, and you can write this down, but there will be a trans- transition for you in career or job in the next three months. Um, it feels very part-time. So even if you were full-time, I feel that you transitioned to part-time. But I get a sense of not working at this present time. But hold on because I feel like your finances will change. Um, a part-time job comes available for you, okay? Thank you. Are you working at this time, caller? Not at this time, honey. Okay. you got a couple more months to hang in there, and I feel like something part-time does come. Where to look, honestly, is I get retail, you know, like Walmart, Publix, blah, 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 not to plug them, but I feel like there's something to do with that that you may be doing, okay? Okay. Uh, All right. Do you see anything with the relationship between my son and I? (sighs) Okay. Um, When they describe your son, you know, um, what's his name, Hank Williams, Jr.? No. They, they show me him as an analogy for your son, uh-huh. and and I just feel that he has a lot of internal baggage, not about really you. I think about the male that was in, the male that you put in front of him, if this makes sense to you, and I think there is a, a long road of recovery, but I think there will be steps in January. Um, I don't know if this is a child that's going to be born or whatever, but there will be some steps in January to make some kind of uh, recovery or some kind of reconnection to him. Did you say the male I put in front of him? Yes. Meaning what? What I was getting is, you know, in his perception, was there a man... Growing up, was there a man that came first or that he felt that he was angry with, that you kind of sided with? Not that I know of. Okay. You may, you may want to address that and see what the concerns are. I mean, he has his own demons, but, you know, but there's something 
deeper than just the normal pettiness. There's something from what I get that stems at childhood dealing with a man. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, and, and hopefully that helps. Thank you very much. Have a good You're night. welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We'll go to the next call here. And if you'd like to call in again, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. So talk with our guest, Erica Busahaney, and go to her website, coldcasepsychic.com, if you want to find out more about her. But right now, you are on the air with Erica. How are you? Good. Can we have your name, please? Luann. Oh, Luann. Hi, Luann. Hi. How are you? Good. You have very vibrant energy. Um, Thank you. What that means for me, it's not because you have a pleasant voice, but (laughs) you do. Um, I get a lot of creativity around you. Um, You are, or you should be a vocal coach because I feel that you can kind of empower people and kind of push them to do things that they wouldn't do. Like you'd be a good teacher to how to swim. You know, people that have fears, you'd help them overcome, conquer those fears. Um, now, what I get with you is lots of transitions with relationships, okay? Um, even though I feel like you're in one and it's a committed one, I think that they're, they're, the relationship is not giving you everything that you, you kind of need, okay? Um, I get there's soul searching going on. I mean, I'm not saying you're looking elsewhere, but I just feel like there's a, there's a shift of not happiness in it. And there's, you just, you're looking at either other people that you know and what they have and just not, it's not measuring up. Um, career for you seems to stay the same. So if you're working, you're going to stay. If you're not working, you're going to stay. But I do feel too with you, travel is coming up and it feels closer to my area and I'm in Florida. So that's interesting that I would get that. Hmm. But you're going to, you're going to travel far away. I don't know if you're coming to Disneyland or what, but it just feels like it's it's something that's going to be out of context and it's going to be more like a vacation far away from where you're from and where your comfort zone is. Um, lots of affirmations that you're writing down right now will be revealed to you, will, will happen, but I think they're just out of sight, out of mind. So you're a person who needs to visualize things. Um, if you have a dream or an affirmation, don't put them someplace, write them in a journal. You need to see them daily. That's how you think. That's how you process things. Do you have any other questions? Hmm. That was interesting. Um, kind of almost sounds like you answered that one, though, too. Um, do you think my book will get published? Oh, so you are a writer. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the book. Let's see. Yes, I do. Send me... If you would email me, I've got a list of some people that that may help you, okay? But, yes, I do feel the book will be published. Awesome. The only thing is is you got to change that working title of The Bible Part 2. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to go over well. Yeah, that's a bad name for it. <laughs> no. All right, well, thank you very much for checking in. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I just found out from our producer, Matt Costa, that we do not have any more breaks. So we can keep going for the next 20 minutes taking your calls. 508-996-0500. 508, I'm sorry. 1-877-996-1420. I gotta start getting that other number out of my head and going with the toll-free line. Alright, let's go to the next call. Good evening, you are on the air with Erica Busahaney. How are you? Good, how are you? Alright, can we have your first name please? Taylor. Taylor. Hi Taylor, how are you? Good, how are you? 
Calm down. Your throat chakra is killing me. What's up with that? What's that? Your throat is is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Must be something going on with your throat, let's just say. I'm pick up weird stuff like that. Okay. With your energy, it's kind of strange because even though you're a tailor, I'm seeing like mountains in Egypt and all this other weird stuff. Um, Go ahead with your question. Uh, Mountains in Egypt? Yeah, pyramids and stuff. Weird. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I just want to see uh, where do you think my career will go uh, in the future. I'm in school right now. Okay. Um, Well, that's interesting that the first thing I see are Egypt and all this weird stuff. Um, What I get with you career-wise is that you're going to be a student until you die. You know, you, you're one that's going to always learn, 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 and even when you get into a career, which seems more like computer information systems, um, you're going to always be learning. So that's not going to stop. As far as graduation or whatever we want to perceive as to be graduation, um, I guess your question is, will, will you have a good career, yes or no? Yeah. I get yes, you will but not where you are. Um, So, you know, say you lived in Boston, I guess, you know. Um, I feel like you'd have to move someplace else and not stay in the the same state to have a viable job, which may cause you to have to, like, pack up everything and move, and I just think that that would be a good good choice for you. Uh, Can I get one more question in? Yes. You uh, feel anything from people who have passed on in my life? Anything like that? Let me see if I get anything. Okay. Thank you. Um, the only thing I got when you asked that question was I saw you and another person who feels like a man sitting on those little seats that you sit on when you go watch a game, which I don't know because I'm not a sports person. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you were high, high up in the you know, little stadium thing sitting on those two things. It was both of y'all, and both of you had hats on. And I could mm. see you from the back, not from the front. So I can't describe what this person looked like, but he feels like he was a man. Um, also, I see weird shooting birds. Have you ever birds? shot birds? I've never shot a bird in my life. <laughs> Neither have I. See weird stuff like shooting birds, not not the flip, flipping, but actually literally shoot, bang, bang, birds. So I don't I don't know what that means, but um, the only person I connect to is someone who sat next to you during games. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess I'm not going to connect to someone. All right. Well, All right, thank you very much. Thanks You're welcome. In. Thank you. All right, we have another call lined up, but I'll keep throwing out the numbers uh, for the new listeners who – our fans of Erica's and are, are tuning in for that reason, uh, 508-996-0500, By next week, I'll have this down, Pat. All right, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Erica Busahini. How are you? Hi, Erica. Hello. My name is Dixie, and I'd like to have a general reading. Okay, Dixie, let me see what I get. Don't know what state you're in, but there is this whole slot machine thing going for me. So what that means usually is that if you're in a state where they have gambling or Powerball or something like that, you are a lucky, you're in a lucky state. So you need to partake in that, let's just say. Um, 
even though I feel lots of people have passed around you female-oriented due to something like breast cancer and one of them to ovarian cancer, there is the pink sign that I always see when that relates to the family. I feel that you have had brushes with such things, but they have not taken you. Because um, I, I think there's this whole guardian angel thing that you believe in that, that works for you. Um, I get a strong sense of mother energy being past, but also present. So you must have someone present that's like a mother and someone who's past mm-hmm. that's like a mother to you as well. Um I don't feel that this person is suffering anymore. And and when I look at what she looks like, it's kind of weird to explain this, but I get like a short haircut mm-hmm. um, and I get like white hair, not gray hair. Mm-hmm. And she seems very feisty to me, mm-hmm. not not any problem with her walking. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems very feisty. And I keep hearing, I told you so, I told you so. And when she points to, like, your body, what I feel like she's saying is, say you had what I call as a cancer scare and you were worried. Mm -hmm. She kept saying, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And that's kind of what I'm getting. It's almost, this is related to a health issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, And it's not your time to go is what I'm hearing as Mm -hmm. well. So even though you want to be gone, it's not your time. Mm-hmm. And there's a contract that you signed. I, I don't know what that means, but yes. be cautious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, now that I'm trying to get everybody to come to Florida, I also feel that you're moving as well, moving away from wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like within a two-year time span. Okay. Okay. Also, she tells me... The guy around the corner or around you, it feels like around the corner to me. Whoever this love interest is um, that you're you're in a relationship with her right now is I'm hearing give him the boot. <laughs> okay? Okay. So you do what you want, but yeah. that's what I'm hearing, okay? okay. All right. I've got, I've got one and, and question. She is, is she Catholic, too, because yes. the whole Catholic, yes, she is. I see the... It's my the, mother, she's passed for about five years now. Okay. The rosaries are on your wall by the bed. Oh, my. <laughs> that's what she says. Yeah, that's where they are. They're at and my the window. And the Bible is in the drawer in the nightstand. Pardon? She says the Bible is in the nightstand drawer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the pictures are on the wall of the dad and mother. Wow. Okay. Maybe in the bedroom is how they're they're oval, oval mm-hmm. shaped. Mm-hmm. Is what she's showing me. The pictures are oval, and there's a picture of the dad and the mother together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the dad is standing to the. Let me see. He's standing to the left. The mother's standing to the right, and she has her hand. It feels like on his chest. Mm-hmm. It feels like a military. Either he was a military, and her hair was long, but kind of. Um, Combed back with tuck combs is what I see. I have one question. Uh, my husband's uh, passed already 15 years, and he just lost his very best friend uh, untimely in May. And I was just wondering if they got to get to see each other, at, you know, after he's passed. My perception of that is yes. Mm-hmm. Just, just as my belief is mm-hmm. that they can travel through 
time and space and distance with a blink of an eye, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he be able to see his 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 friend, his yes. his loves? You know, mm-hmm. yes, most definitely. If they yeah, can they come like, back and relate information to us on this plane, yeah, they were like real like brothers. Yeah, most so. definitely. Then I would feel that they could do okay. that as well. Sure. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Thank in. you so much. Oh, have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Again, we have uh, about seven or eight minutes left in the show, so if you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. And we do have a call on the line, but we, we talked about this a little bit uh, off the air, Erica, here in the studio. Matt Costa, our producer, is one of the most skeptical people that <laughs> is on the planet. And we were just wondering if maybe you could uh, speak with him for a minute, Matt, if you'd like to uh, say hello. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. I, I I understand skeptics. It's okay. It's all good. Um, let me see what I get, if I get anything. Um, let's see, Matt. Okay, do you know what a golden retriever brown dog is? Um, a golden retriever? Like a brown dog. It's about the size of a golden retriever. Okay. That's what I see. You know, I don't know if this means anything. I'm just going to tell you what I get. Okay, Matt. Um... I get the feeling of being around a computer in front of a computer all the time. Um, I've got the computer positioned in front of a window, and I'm spinning in like another chair, almost like a black chair. Behind me, I can see a bookshelf. Um, let's see, around in the house. Let's see, what else do I see? Um, Wow. Do you have any kind of, uh, I get like a table, which my father has one. It's like an aquarium. It's kind of weird. An uh, aquarium table? Yeah. Um, something like, strange like and some, different. Something like in a pet shop type? Yeah, sort of. Some kind of weird aquarium. Feels like a table or something, not a hutch. Um, He's like, not. Uh, uh. It's okay, just say no. <laughs> no, I was trying to think. Uh, no, I'm not seeing I... an aquarium table. Don't know what that means for you. He's got a pool table that he puts a cover <laughs> over and makes a table out of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't make things work. If they don't work, they don't work, and that's good. We're 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 human. We're not gods. All right. Well, we do have uh, we do have one call on the line. This might actually be our last call here. So let's go to it. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Erica Bustahani. How are you? Good, how are you? Oh, spooktacular. Can we have your name, please? Sure, Eric. Oh, cool name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of fond of it, you know, being a, that I have the same name. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually going to look at Matt, too, to see if I get something um, from looking at him on the Internet and see later. But right. let me go Make to sure you look Eric. at the right one. There are two Matts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you want Matt Costa, the one who uh, looks a little bit slightly less like a mass murderer. The one that's not got the long hair, right? No, the other one with the long hair. He'll be wearing a hat. Okay. Well, I'll look I'll look at that, too, okay. and see if I get anything else about it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, you do look kind of harsh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Eric. Let's go. Um, say your name right. for me one more time. Um, Eric. Okay, and... Eric, please give me your question. Um, I actually, I'm going to be on a pilot 
a TV pilot coming on pretty soon, probably within the next few weeks or so. And I'm just kind of curious on how that's going to go. Okay. Um, I'm bouncing on a, a those poles, whatever they're called, and I just think that it's going to be very rocky at first. Um, it's going to be a good transition. I feel this will lead to lots of opportunities for you. And if you could look at Matt Costa on the Internet, you know how his facial hair is? Yes. The massage and uh, the mustache, I'm sorry, and the little beard thingy. I'm seeing that as well. So if this is something that you have, maybe keep it. Yeah, because it, it will work well for whatever you're doing. I also okay. feel that there, I hope you're not married, because I feel that there's a love interest that you kind of connect with during this process. Okay. Interesting. And, um, you know, keep the book thing available in your mind, because I think from what I'm getting is that there is going to be a connection to you writing something, if it's a how-to manual how to get on television, how to ghost bus, I don't know. But there, there is some kind of how-to manual coming up for you in your future okay. that should be very profitable for you. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Well, All right. Well, thank, and, thanks And a something lot. that I can't say on, on uh, radio, but I see you smoking interesting things. Maybe it's a flashback from the past. <laughs> I am kind of stuck in the 80s, so what am I going to do, you know? All right, Eric, thanks for checking in. All right, thank uh, you. Now, now she's got both the police and your wife angry at you, so <laughs> have a good night. All right, Bye-bye. you too. All right, yeah, no, that's it's interesting, The uh, just just some of the, the, the strange things that, that can pop in, uh, in into this vision for you, I mean... You know, it is very strange. Some of the stuff that you probably don't want to know about people. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, you know, we said we were going to call it because we were getting a close, but we got one more call, so let's just sneak this one in. We'll just skip the closing theme. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hi. I'm fine, thanks. Can we My name, name is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. I'm wondering what you're seeing for me. Okay. Uh, Let's see, Kathy. Wow, that's funny. I get, you know, there there is the show called The Golden Girls where there are three friends that are really, really tight and they get into a lot of situations, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have your own set of The Golden Girls because I just I see it that way. <laughs> Probably. Um, and, and I get lots of travel on the agenda for you in the future, and I feel that this is because you three have decided to do this as as a couple, let's say. And I think that one of you, not yourself, but the shorter of the three, how I see this, will have a, a major health concern this year where y'all will have to do something to make her feel better after she bouts what I will say is cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's when the traveling begins. As far as your concern, though, I get good things for you. Um, I don't really get anything negative, and I also feel that you need to watch the spending with, let's just say, jewelry and and, and specifically amethyst. Okay. Because I feel that you're going to find this really beautiful, beautiful amethyst or smoky quartz jewelry that you probably should say no to. Uh huh. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you for checking in. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Well, Erica, I'm going to make a prediction here. 
What's that? I'm going to predict that we'll have you back again sometime here on Spooky South Coast. Would love to come back. And it's it's you know it's not that that hard for me to I don't have to like close my eyes and envision that either because <laughs> I book the show so wow. <laughs> I can make those kind of decisions. No, but thank you very much for joining us, especially on short notice. We had a great time talking with you, and uh, we would definitely would like to have you back in the future. And and um, if you can just hang on the line, I just want to talk to you for a minute after the show goes off the air too. Okay. All right. And for everybody else out there. Uh, you can tune back in next week. We're going to be on the air after the Red Sox pretty much for the rest of September. So it's going to be, uh, you know, kind of touch and go with when the start time is going to be. You'll never quite know when we're going to begin. Um, we've got 7 o'clock games for the rest of the, the month. And then, of course, as they make the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen. We'll be all over the place. But you can always find out when the show is going to be on who's going to be on it by going to our Twitter feed at us. Uh, Spooky, uh, Twitter.com slash SpookySC, and of course the Twitter feed is also posted right there on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com, and I can tell you as we get ready to start heading into year five here on the program, we've got some really interesting stuff coming up, we've got some really uh, interesting changes, and Matt Moniz is going to clear his throat. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. All right. So uh, until next week, we watch you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Sorry, I just wanted to Although, clarify what that was. In many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again.